Overflow podcast. We pray that you are encouraged with this message. For more information, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. All right, we started this series a few weeks ago called Refuge, and we're talking about uh, this scripture that comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. And we believe that there is safety in the name of Jesus, that we find our refuge, that we find our security in the identity of Jesus. I don't find my security in Josh Brown, who I am, my knowledge, my experience, my wisdom. No, no, no. I find my security in the identity of Jesus. And the picture here, and I'm just kind of recap, the picture here is when we talk about a strong tower, we don't really know what that is. I think we got an image up here. This is a, a strong tower. And what a strong tower was, it, we, we talked about this in week one. I would encourage you to go back and listen. There's five things about a strong tower. First of all, this position positioned um, strategically so what would happen is is soldiers would be out in the field and they would have one of these away from the city so they knew where to run so they could look for the hills and see where that refuge was and when they got there because it was uh, positioned strategically second thing they could do is they could find protection they could find protection from maybe enemies that were pursuing them or from the elements of the weather the other thing that it offered was a place of rest they can go in there and they could they could be restored their soul could find rest there uh, they can get recharged how many need recharged from time to time and then they could find their provisions supplies food water water medical supplies all different kinds of things in these refuges now these are in biblical times and later on we see this and there was always a person there that would man this refuge. So they also found personnel there. They found someone they could connect with. So if they were out all alone for, for months at a time and they needed somebody, they could just look for that refuge and they'd go to that refuge and there would be someone there to help them, to assist them, and to provide for them. And it says this in Proverbs, and we just quoted that, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That God's identity provides all these things for, for us. Whenever we need, when, when we feel like that we're running and we feel like we're drained and we feel like we're burned out, we feel like we can't handle anymore on our plate, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And it says this, that the righteous run to it. The righteous run to it. How many of y'all are, are righteous not because you're self-righteous, but because of the righteousness of Jesus? You've trusted Jesus and now you're the righteousness of God. Okay, we got a half of y'all here today. How many of y'all are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? That's right, that's good. And so because you're righteous, you can run to him and you can get all these things that you need. And then last week we talked about Jonah and how and the, the value of obedience. I would really encourage you, if you weren't here last week or if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that on the podcast. Really important message about our obedience and part with God and what happens when we don't obey yeah. right because sometimes we think that God's just ready to hit us with the big old disobedient spanking stick right but we talked about that and uh, so you'll find grace in that but you'll have to go and listen to the message if you weren't here and uh, get in on that so I want to emphasize today about talking about our run talk about refining our stride how many of y'all are runners any runners in here? Like you, you go out and you run, like um, for exercise or for entertainment. Anybody? Oh, you do that? I'm, I'm not a runner. Um, I know you. I know that's hard to believe, but but I'm not. I'm not a runner. Um, you know. In fact, I could go out and I could spend two hundred dollars on some running shoes, some really nice, like high-end running shoes, and I could go out and get me a nice, like fitness tracker and give me a headband and give me, you know, some yoga pants and I could, I could get all dressed up in the garb. And how many know that that doesn't make me a runner just because I put all this stuff on? I mean, because for me, I would put all that stuff on and sit on the couch, right? Like all these stay-at-home moms that dress like runners do. And, oh, sorry, just, you dress like a runner, baby. Oh. 
And so I'm just kidding. I'm just being serious. All right, so so but you guys know what I'm saying. I can get all that garb, but but for me, I'm not really a runner. You know what I'm saying? I, it's just that's just not my gig. That's not my jam. Uh, unless someone's chasing me or I'm looking for a taco truck and I'm running Woo! after it, then I'm a runner. But, but I'm just, you know, I'm just not really, my, my lungs don't work that well. I mean, I, I told Leslie the other day, I was like, I could run to the mailbox and back and I'd be like winded and I would be exhausted and I wouldn't be able to breathe and I wouldn't be able to function because I'm not a runner. And you're like, well, it's because you don't ever do it. And you would be right when you said that. But I remember as a kid, we used to play this game called hide go seek. How many of you have ever played that? Or hide and seek. It depends on where in the world you're from. We called it hide and go seek which I, I think it was one word in our minds, hide and go seek. And we would go to this big park in Odessa, Texas, where I grew up, and they had this huge park, and uh, it was about a square mile, and we would go there with like 50 people, and we would play hide and go seek. It was amazing, you know, hiding in all these like crazy, you know, none, none of the, the things, the jungle gyms and things like that, none of that would pass the safety exams now, right? Uh, but, but we would hide in these things, and we, we would play, you know, we'd get dark, and we'd go play for hours, and it was a blast. How many of you guys ever played hide and go seek when you yeah. were a kid? And so it was amazing, it was incredible, we loved that, but, but the, the thing about hide and go seek is if, if, if you don't want to get caught, what do you got to do? You got to find... Well, you got to find a good place to hide, but also the, the goal is to get back to base. to base, right? Because base is a safe place. Because once you touch base, right? And people, different people had different rules. We 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 didn't have the rule where you know if you got off base, once you touch base, you're safe, right? But but some people played that if you want to stay safe, you got to stay on base. How many of y'all played that way as a kid, right? You got to stay on. Which if you get off base, you're not safe anymore. And can I tell you today that that's just the way it is in our pursuit of Jesus. We are running towards base. We are going after Jesus. And can I tell you, in this game of Hango Seek, if we want to stay safe, we got to stay on base. Come on. Jesus said, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. Right? So we need to find our safety. We need to find our identity in him. So just because you put on all the garb doesn't make you a runner. (laughs) Running is just like anything else. There's imitators, spectators and participators. I'm convinced that in this room today that most of us are participators, right? No imitators, no haters, right? No just spectators, but we're actually <coughs> participating. You know, we talk, we mentioned this about David a few weeks ago, that David was a man, when we talk about David being a man after God's own heart, David was a man that was continually on the run. He was running from his enemies. Why was, why were people, why did people want to kill David so bad? Because David had a purpose for his life. And over 17 times in, in Psalms, he refers to God as being a refuge. And we need to be a people that find our refuge, that find our safety, that find our identity in God and in God alone. Yeah. And in fact, can I tell you today that if you're doing anything, for, we, we, we tend to think, well, if I'm you know, loving Jesus, then no harm's going to come my way. No, no, can I tell you that if the devil's not on your back, he's on your side? Right. So the devil's always trying to take you out. Why is he trying to take you out? Because you have a purpose for your life. So what are you going to do when he attacks you? How many of y'all been attacked this week? Oh, I know I have. I've had like 40 anxiety attacks this week. I don't think God's going to you. Here's an anxiety attack for you. That isn't how my God does. But when the enemy's trying to attack us, what we need to do is we need to be a people that are running to Jesus. Running. And so I want to talk today about that run, because I believe that we've got a lot of participators here, right? Yeah. 
Well, some of y'all are haters. You're like, oh, you're running today as good as mine. That, that's not good. You, 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 you run in your lane. We're all running, but sometimes you need to run in your lane and quit comparing yourself to the runs of others. Whether they're a better runner or a poor runner, you need to focus on your run a little bit better. You need to refine your stride. Come on, well, I'm, I don't do that. Oh, but let me tell you what you do do. do, do. You do 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 sometimes, just like me, and this stink. Okay, we'll move along. We don't talk about that in church. One of my life verses is Hebrews chapter 12. This is a great passage. I would encourage you to memorize this. And it says this in the NIV. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him Come on. was joyful. The joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you would not grow weary and lose heart. I love this scripture. I, lo I love this passage. But if you read this scripture, the first word there is therefore. Now, anytime you see therefore in scripture, you've got to ask, what's it there for? <laughs> right? That's pretty good. For some of y'all, it's easy to pull out that scripture. That's telling you. Hey, what I've just told you was leading up to this. Right. Hebrews chapter 11 is, 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 is what we refer to sometimes, theologians or you know whatever, preachers. We refer to this as the hall of faith. And what it talks about is all these people that served God and loved, for, loved God. And it says they did it by faith. They did it by faith. They did it by faith. So it lays out all these incredible stories of all these people that were victorious. And it says they did it all by faith. And then it says this in chapter 12. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now when it says, therefore, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, it's not talking about the witnesses that are witnessing your life every week. However, you are surrounded by those. Right. And you need, to, you need to guard your testimony. Right. You need to be concerned about what you put on Facebook because somebody's looking to have something against Jesus because of you. Right? right? So you do have those witnesses, but that's not the witnesses he's talking about. Right. He's talking about those that have died. And gone before us, the fathers of our faith, people like Abraham and people like David and people uh, like Samuel and all these people, all these Old Testament people. And he said, therefore, since we are surrounded, and the picture is, is that of an arena. And so in this race, it's like we are in a race in an arena, like an Olympic arena, like a coliseum, and we're run, running this race. And in the crowd, in the stands, are all those that have gone before us. Yeah. Those that have gone before us, those that are already in heaven, those that, they'll, those that have ran their race, those that have, that have done their game, that, that have ran what they were supposed to do, they finished their part of the race, and now they're standing in the crowd and they're going, Go! Yeah. You can do it! Yeah, Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I heard a message one time, and it was called, Moses Needs You. Moses Needs You. Why, did, why was it called that? Because it's talking about right here. Because there's a man in the stands named Moses. It would be easy for you to compare yourself to him, but you got your lane. you got your race. Are you with me? Then it says this. So, here we go. Let me tell you this. Three ways, real quick. Y'all ready? Not real quick, but this is the message. Refining your stride. Number one, the first thing you've got to do is that what it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off yeah. everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. So the first thing you've got to do, if you're going to refine your stride, 
is you got to throw the weight off. You got to throw off that weight. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you talk about weight? Things that are affecting your race. You know what it is. I don't have to tell you what it is. You already know. Right? Can I tell you today that, that the racers in that age, what they would do many times is they would almost get naked because they didn't want anything hindering their race. All they had was their sandals and like a little dopper thing. Maybe a little gold, you know, maybe a little headband or something. Just to help you with your whatever. There. And so they would run this race, but they would almost run naked. They would throw off all the weight, all those things that could hinder their run, all those things that could slow them down. Uh, the, the Greek word there is, uh, bear with me because I'm not Greek, so I don't speak Greek very well, but it's apothemon. You know, I'll practice these words 5,000 times before I come on Sunday. Like, every time I get in front of you, I'm screwing up. Apotithomi. Apotithomi. And the word is, it's two words. It's two words. It's apo, which means put away or cast off. One, one translator says it this way. It means to bid farewell. <coughs> bid goodbye. So when it says that you throw off that weight, that you're saying, peace, I will never see you again. You have no place in my life. I bid you away. That, that second word that is kind of like Timothy, but it's tithomi, and that is the word for appointed time. Listen, can I tell you today that there is a, an appointed time for you to throw off that weight? And that appointed time is now. That appointed time is now because you are in the race now. Come on. So it says this to throw off that weight. Get rid of that thing that's weighing you down. Get rid of that anxiety. Get rid of that frustration. Check it out. It says everything that hinders. Distractions, mindsets, frustrations, laziness. These are non-sin issues. Just things that weigh you down. Right? Right? They're not really sin. They're just, it might be a bad relationship, a bad friendship. Right. Might not be a sin to be in that friendship, but it weighs you down. Yeah. So you might need to make some distance. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Distractions, mindsets, frustrations, things that weigh you down. Yeah. The second thing that he says is the sin that so easily entangles us. Can I tell you today, you need to say goodbye to those sins that so easily entangles you. Right. Isn't it easy to focus on the big sin? Right. <laughs> well, I'm not sleeping around. Right? right? I'm not killing anybody this week. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is what he says. He says the sin that so easily entangles us. I believe that he's talking about our default sins. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Your default sins. The things that you do naturally the things that you don't really think are that bad, but everybody else around you knows they are? Right. Your default sins. The things that you do because of your carnality, because of your flesh, the way that you were born, your personality, sins that are attached to you that you automatically default to. The products of our environment. Sometimes we're, we, we say, well, that's the way I was raised. Maybe you're racist. Right. Well, it's the way I was. It's the way I was raised. Well, how many know that you need to lay off that default? Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's unforgiveness. What is your default? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's fits of rage. Yeah. If that's your default, throw it off. Yeah. People say, well, it's just the way I am. And I, you want to know just the way I am? Yeah. I don't think we're going to get into that today. Because I would lose a whole lot of confidence in you. Or gain some. But I can tell you right now that I have to throw off my anger many times. Yeah. 
throw off my temper many times. Those fits of rage many times. I have to throw that off. That's the sin that easily entangles me. That's the thing that easily catches me up. So what do I need to do? I need to throw it off. I need to bid farewell to it. So how do we do that? How do we throw away our sin that's so easily? It's just so easy for me to sin. How many of y'all are with me? It's easy for you to screw up. I just keep screwing up. I don't know what to do. The way that we do it is by yielding to Jesus with our lives and with those moments. You go, oh, I start. For me, it's like a fit of rage. I feel it coming on. I'm just yielding to Jesus. Lord, I know this doesn't please your heart. I'm just yielding it to Jesus. Surrendering it to the Lord right now in this moment. I'm throwing it off. I'm bidding farewell. Can I tell you that God wants to come in and he wants to sever your ties to those things that are continually coming, that you're continually dealing with, that battle after battle after battle, your sins yeah. and the things that easily entangles you. He is ready to take the axe to that thing and to let you'll never deal with it again. Amen. Some of you young men struggle with lust all the time. God's ready to put the hatchet to that thing and cut it off where you never have to deal with it again. You with me today? There's a couple of sins, tendency, especially I think as men. Sometimes we want to man up and face our sins. And this is what people say, you need to deal with your problems. Can I tell you today that Jesus already dealt with your problems? Yeah. You don't need to deal with your sins. Jesus already dealt with your sins. Yeah. Now, people are going to come and they're going to remind you about your sins. And you just need to remind them about Jesus. Right. You say, well, listen, the most holy one that has ever lived can forgive me. Can you please forgive me? Because I've taken it to Jesus. I've yielded to him. But there's a couple of sins that we don't need to stand firm against. I believe that there are some sins that we need to stand firm against. There's some sins we need to run from. <laughs> there's some sins that we just need to, I'm out of here. Get away. One of those things is sexual temptation. Now listen, when we're talking about this, we're not talking about running from our problems. We're just wise enough not to get into them. Well, you're weak. You don't want to, absolutely I am. I sure am. So I want to keep myself out of those situations. The first area is sexual temptation. Second Timothy chapter 2.22. I'm going to kind of go through this rather quick. It's run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. How many of y'all remember when you were like 13? <laughs> Come on, all the men in the house were like, yeah. A little perv, right? Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living. So you have righteousness as a position, but you also have righteous living, the way that you live your life. Faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Why does it say enjoy the companionship? Because you need that accountability in your life. Men, we need one another to ask us, hey, what have you been looking at on your computer this week? So we need that companionship. That will help us with our lure to be sexually tempted. And I, I've heard this before, I don't remember who I, who I said it, but you're just one yes away from destroying your sexual purity. Why would you want to hang out and try to say no to it? It's better for you to just get out of there. Get away. Get as far away from that situation as you can. You're only one yes away from destroying a marriage. You say, well, I'm not married. It will influence your marriage. Your, your sexual impurity right now is a, is a seed that you're sowing into your marriage later. Well, I'm before the Lord. Awesome. That's great. But it still will influence. You will still have those conversations. Because your flesh and your forgetter don't work that well. Come on. 
I mean, our, our pen works real good, but not our eraser in our mind. With God, he, he just casts it away. He don't remember it, but we do. So you're just one yes away, one click away from destroying your purity. One email away, one Facebook chat away, one hey, let's have coffee away from destroying your purity. Run. Get out of there. Run. It's what Joseph did. Joseph was solid, right? Potiphar's wife comes up and she's like, I mean, it's Potiphar's wife. I mean, this guy's like, like loaded. He has lots of money. Now, there's a lot of things that you see rich men have, but there's one thing that they don't have, and that's an ugly woman they're married to. Right. They got that money, and they might have bought that woman. I don't know what they did, but they, sometimes you see those guys with all that money, and they got like this good-looking woman, offended people, right? And they're like, how, how did that happen? You know what I'm talking about? Well, because he got that money. He got that green. She wants some more. And so Potiphar's wife had to be one of the hottest chicks on the planet. Comes after Joseph. And what does he do? I'm just going to trust the Lord to provide a way out. No, heck no. It says that she grabbed his clothes and she said, come to bed with me. And he slipped out of his, out of his robe and ran off half naked. He laid off the weight. Come on. And he took off. He ran. Why? Because he knew the dangers. He knew he could destroy his destiny. He could have had that, that moment right there of pleasure. He could have had that moment of pleasure. But he said, oh, it ain't worth it. Can I tell you today, it's not worth it. No matter how good it will feel, no matter how fulfilling it will be in that moment, it will not be worth destroying your life. And so the first thing we got to run from is sexual temptation. The second thing is greed or materialism. Now some of us, we live in America, we're all materialistic. Right? It's easy to pick on the, the preachers of big churches for you. I know, I know you like to do that. Check this out. 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, it doesn't say the love of money is evil. I mean, it doesn't say the, 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 that money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How yeah. many all know that to be true? Yeah, sure. Oh, man. I mean, how much is it worth? What's the price tag on your sin? Would you sin for this amount of money? Well, it's just a little sin. Well, how much is it worth to you? Can someone pay you out of your holiness? Wow. Drop that mic. All right. That's hard, right? I'll give you a million dollars. I'll give it to the Lord. I'll tell it off of it. Come on. Right? For the love of money is all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered off from the true faith and pierced himself with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, you're a man of God. So run from these evil things. Pursue righteousness. I thought he was righteous. He was, but he was still called to pursue it. And a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Can I tell you? That the love of money can get us in a lot of trouble. This is the deal. I believe this is that if the devil can get your wallet, he can get your heart. Wow. Because where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Yeah. And some of us think, oh, they devil doesn't have. And we start looking at our checkbook and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm like materialistic. Look how much money I spend on myself. Run! Run from materialism. It's tricky because someone might come up. I don't know that anybody's going to come up and offer you money to sin. 
But I want you to think about that for a minute. Would you do it for this much money? Then that tells you that money might be your God. And we don't think it, but we're, we're slaves to our employers. People will, people will, well, if I stand up for God, I'll lose my job. It's better than losing your purity. It's better than losing your testimony. Because once you lose your testimony, it's hard to get back. Come on, somebody. All right. So throw off that weight. And that weight that's chasing you down, keep running from it. Run from that sexual impurity. Run from that greed and materialism. Come on. I'll tell you, the antidote, the antidote for greed, y'all want to know what it is? Generosity. You be generous. You, we, we don't work so we can get more money so we can have nicer things. We work hard so we can be more generous so we can help those in need. So we can fund the kingdom. I mean, that, that's really, that's the, that, that, that is the antidote. Money will have less of a hold on your life if you become generous. Okay. All those preachers always talking about money because it will destroy you. The love of money will destroy you. Right. All right. Good. So get rid of that. Number two, perseverance. Now, another way to call perseverance is patient endurance. Patient endurance. We have, we have that picture there, Daniel. How many have ever seen this book right here, The Tortoise and the Hare? We're seeing a lot of cartoon in that. You guys remember that story? Yeah. Right? I mean, you have the runner, right? The hare. A hare is another word for rabbit. <laughs> we would call it today the turtle and the rabbit, right? Elise is in a name in animals now. She's like, like she says it. I'm like, whoa, pretty good for a two and a half year old. Anyway, so I remember this story, you know, as a kid. I still remember it now because it preaches good. And uh, so the thing is, is you guys know the story, right? There's a rabbit, and if you've seen the cartoon, he's like putting on like his good shoes and his yoga pants, and he's getting ready to run. <laughs> and then you have like, and then you have the turtle, right? And he's like, what's turtle good at? Turtle's good at hiding, right? That's all good. And then, so the rabbit, I don't remember which one, but the turtle and the rabbit decide to race. They go out and they start running, and so the rabbit's like. You know, looking down and going, you know, and he gets a little tired because he ran so fast and he decides to take a nap under a tree. And then the turtle just keeps on going, do, do, right? He's just, just kind of going on and he sees the rabbit all crashed out under the tree, just keeps, keeps on going, just keeps on going, just keep doing what turtles do. Turtles just keep on going. They're not very fast, they're not very smart, they, but, they, but they're just persistent. They're just enduring. Oh, man, I won't get across that finish line today. And here's that rabbit, wakes up, and is like, what the heck's going on? He looks down at the finish line, and he sees the turtle crossing him. And the turtle beats him in the race. And we know the story that the, the moral of this Aesop fable is what? Is that it's not about how you start the race. It's about do you stay in the race? And do you finish the race? And so many times we start strong and then we sit down. Can I tell you today that this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. You keep running. You keep running. Consistency in your walk. Uh, you know, not being double-minded, not being back and forth, not being lukewarm. Listen, set your eyes on the prize and keep moving forward. 
them. Don't be slacking. Don't be sluggish. Don't be sluggish. Don't be slothful. You just keep on going. You might not be fast as the guy next to you. You might not know your Bible like everybody else around you does, but you just keep on trucking. You just keep on going, and eventually you're going to finish your race. But you don't worry about their race. You just worry about yours, and you keep on going. And at the end of the age, Jesus will look at you, and he'll say, well done. You ran a good race, and you look back at it, and you go, it wasn't very fast. And I didn't have, I, I, I wasn't, people weren't cheering my name. He's like, but you stayed in your lane. You just ran your race. You did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Check this out. Said for me, he said, man, it's hard, right? Man, well, it gets hard sometimes running our race. Yeah. It gets difficult doing what God has called us to do. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. Yeah. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Yeah. We're hunted down but never abandoned by God. Right. We get knocked down, but we get up again. <laughs> we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Amen. And then it says this in verse 16. Skip down to 16 if you have your Bible there. It says, we never give up. Right. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Yeah. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them. And will last forever. Amen. Uh, another translation, the NIV says, a weight of glory. Glory is weighty. That's what, when we talk about glory, we're talking about the weightiness of God. We fix our eyes on the things that we cannot see, for the things that we see now will soon be gone. Can I tell you that the troubles today that you're facing, they'll soon be gone. Right. The worries that you're having today, they will soon be gone. But if you will fix your eyes on the proper prize, Not on the things that are seen, not upon the difficulty, but on those things that you know to be true. You will finish your race. For the things that we cannot see will last forever. What are we focusing on? That's number three, when we are find our stride. Number one, we gotta lay off the weight. Number two, we gotta run with perseverance. We just run. When it gets hard, we just run. When we get tired, we just run. When we get thirsty, we just run. We run, we run, we run. Well, you don't want to get burned out. Yeah, you do. You want to get rid of all that carnality out of you where Jesus is your only dependence, yeah. where, 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 where you need that. I understand. You've got to find a rhythm to your life. I didn't say balance. I said rhythm. Right. Yeah. You need to find your rhythm. But you just run. You run. What are you running towards? Number three, focus. So he says all this. He says, we're running. We're doing it patiently. And he says this. What are we looking at when we run? Right. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith. For who the joy that was set before him endured the cross despised his strength. And we now sit at the right hand of the throne of God. What? What are we looking at in our race? Are we looking at those around us in their race? Are we looking at the troubles and how hard it is and how thirsty and how panting I am? No, 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 no. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And it says this, consider him who endured such opposition. What are we doing? This life, this pursuit is to Jesus. It's not for fame. It's not for fortune. It's not for popularity. It's not for the approval of men. It's not so people can stand by the side and clap and, and post on our Facebook how amazing we are. It's not so we can be celebrated. It's not so that we can be honored, but it's so that Jesus would be honored. This is our prize. This is our pursuit. 
Listen, can I tell you that your pursuit of our, that our pursuit of the revelation of Jesus will know no end. You looking and longing and to know who Jesus is will never, ever end. We will forever, this is how vast he is. We will forever be going, who are you, Lord? Forever. Who are you? I thought I had it figured out. No, you didn't. I know you're 22. <laughs> I know the Lord. A little. Yeah. I've been in the Lord 30 years. A little. Yeah. You know I'm a little. Do you realize how fascinating this man is? Yes. Why will the angels be singing holy, holy, holy? Because they are continually getting a download, a revelation of who he is. Holy, whoa, check him out. I'm crazy. Did you know this about Jesus? Holy, oh, what is that? Did you know that? He's like, well, I heard it one time, but now I'm seeing it. Well, this is what I heard. They told me. Bible scholar. Right? Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, we don't run aimlessly. What are we running after? We're running after Jesus. We're running after our revelation. Listen, when you're going through a hard time, quit asking, why is this happening? And rather ask, who are you? When you're going through, let me try this out over here. When you're going through a hard time, when it's difficult, don't ask, why is this happening? Ask, who are you? Who are you, Lord? Who are you? Can I tell you that that will be the revelation. That will be what you need to get you through this season, this difficulty, this hardship. It will be Jesus, the refuge, and the one that we are running to. He is the refuge. So I fix my eyes on him. It's hard. It's difficult. Get away. Get rid of the sin. What am I doing? I'm just going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to get there. And every time, it's it's reassurance as I, as I engage with him, as we focus on one another's eyes. Yeah. It will know no end. This race will never end. We will cross into glory, and the troubles will pass away, but our revelation will never, it will never stop. We'll continually be learning who he is. Right. Isn't, there, isn't there hope of that today? Yeah. Even though it's like, oh, it's so unreachable, isn't it glorious that we'll never get bored looking at Jesus? Yeah. Well, I want to be around the Bible. <laughs> well, I can tell by the way you're acting. You need to read it some more. <laughs> there is one thing that we are running for every day. All of us are in a race. Yeah. All of us are in a race. We're all running after one thing. Can I tell you the thing that we need to be fighting more as the righteous? The place that we need to be running to is that secret place. Come on. That place where it's just us and Jesus. Listen, it might it might be in its infant stages. It might be two minutes a day for you. But when you say, I will yeah. spend time with my king today. Yeah. This is the race I'm running, so I need a dose of Jesus. Yeah. There are a thousand things that you have to do today. We're busy. We're all busy. It's not an excuse. Right. We don't get excuses. Well, I spend time with you, Lord. I remember one night, years ago, we were... We, our, our student ministry was revival was happening and so we did this like a series of meetings we, we were in like night three or two or something and I went home I was single at the time and I went home and I went to bed and I laid there and I was just exhausted it was like one o'clock in the morning we'd gone out to eat after you know how that goes you're, you're hanging out with a bunch of Christians at a restaurant it's, it's long so 
I'm laying there, and I'm like, and I reach over and I turn off my lamp. And I wasn't planning on like spending any time with the Lord. I just was going to go to sleep. I mean, I'd just been in a meeting for like four hours, and now I was with all these believers, and we were praying for our food. And so like, I'm here, and I turn off my light, and Jesus says, well, what about me? And I was like, well, Lord, I was just hanging out with you like three hours at church. He's like, but it's just you and me, Tom, right now. You put the kids to bed, right? Sometimes Leslie and I, we, we do that, and we're like, oh. Kids are in bed. Now we can have time for one another. It needs to be the same way with the Lord. That we have that secret place. That we have that intimacy with him. And listen, we are fine. There will be a thousand things tomorrow to keep you from doing that. A thousand good things. There will be a lot of great things that you have to say no to. To say yes to those moments with Jesus. But the only way you're going to be enduring. And the only way you're going to have the power to throw off that sin. Is if you have Jesus in the midst of this race. we got to fight for that secret place. Reality is, is we're all in a race, but what are you pursuing most? We need to have a job. We need to be good parents. We need to be good husbands. Those are great pursuits. What are we pursuing most? What are you pursuing most? I believe heaven is asking you that question right now. What are you pursuing most? What is the pursuit of your life? what Paul says. I think Paul was significant, successful. I want to know Christ. Well, wait a second. Wait a second, Paul. You like wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. You want to know him? Yeah. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. No, just kind of skip over that one. I want to suffer with him. Sharing in his death. What the heck? So that no, so that one way or another, I will experience a resurrection from the dead. I do not mean to say that I have already achieved all these things or that I'm already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What is he talking about? The knowledge of Jesus knowing him. No, I've not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. David, central figure in the Old Testament, I believe. Some people say it's Moses. I believe it's David. He's the greatest picture of Christ that we can see in the Old Testament. What was his ambition? One thing I've asked. This is what I seek. Gaze upon the beauty of the Lord all the days of my life. Paul, central character of the New Testament. One thing. Forgetting the past, I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. What is the prize that he's going after? That I might know him. That I might know him. So it's no more about why is this happening? Why is life so hard right now? Because it, it feels that way. But I'm going, who are you? Life sucks right now. Who are you? I'm going for that secret place. Somebody come up. I want to encourage you this in, in this. 
And I wrote this down yesterday because I felt like it's important for us to know. Know this, that when you're running, he is running. But he's not running in the other direction. He's running towards you. You're running towards the one who is running you, running after you. It's this great romance where we're just running straight at Jesus. In this race, we have the embrace and we're running. We're running in him. We're running through him. We're also running to him. James 4, 7, 8 says this. Four, chapter, chapter 4, verse 7. It says, so humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It sounds a lot like casting away things. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Seek God and he is seeking you. He is coming after you. He is chasing you. Know that when you're running, when it's difficult and you're going, who are you, Lord? He's going, this is who I am. I want to show you. I want to be close to you. I'm not far away. I want you more than you even want.